This podcast is made possible through Echoic, a media company dedicated to building your podcast. Whether you are a business looking to expand your marketing presence or a creative wanting a new outlet for your voice, Echoic is here to help. Visit echoicmedia.com to start your next podcast. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the five song mixtape where we discuss a new mix each and every episode. My name is Michael. Yo soy David. I am RJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our like first official mix episode. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And we decided that Devin was going to be the first one. Right? <laughs> the guinea pig. Yeah, right. All right, let's talk about the name of the mix. So. It's kind of an artsy name, and I didn't want to get too pretentious about it, but it's called Week One. Oh. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, symbolic of, like, the first week that we're really doing the show, <laughs> and uh, I forgot that I was supposed to name it, so... Bonus points for that one. It's called Week One. Um, That's funny. Yeah, put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> um, is there an overall theme to this mix? So I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about doing a theme of like kind of something that brings it together, kind of like uh, doing a soundtrack to a movie or something. Yeah. But instead for this one, the theme is kind of a song that I feel is representative of each of the artists that mm. you guys might not have heard before. Oh. So it'd be like more of like a sampler. Yeah. Like or a compilation or something. Remember when they used to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like sampler CDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the freebies, yeah. the, uh, the hopeless records. Ones. I mean, that opened up so many new artists, though. Oh, yeah. In that time. Yeah. It was like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking the other day, remember when you'd be able to, like, I think I was watching something and they did it, but you could go into, like, a Sam Goody. <laughs> or I think they did a hot topic as well where you can like listen to albums. Yeah. Like you'd be yeah. able to plug in headphones mm. and be like, I want to listen to the CD. Yeah. Yeah. Virgin music had it. Virgin did. Uh, yeah. They had a huge one out in Arden. I'm pretty sure tower did as well. I mean, that's the reason I bought my first Moby album. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on cassette tape. Though. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is there any reason why you chose the songs in the order that you did? I did arrange them in an order that I thought would be good. A good opener, a good closer. Mm. Uh, the second song was like 12 minutes long. <laughs> a little lengthy, but uh, I thought I'd throw that in there towards the beginning yeah. rather than have that at the end. I mean, plus it's jazz. So yeah. <laughs> I, I thought like the, uh, the styles of the songs... You know, the first one being acoustic and then going into the jazz and something a little bit more upbeat. Yeah. And uh, I kind of put it together with that in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Try to organize it a a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, Art, did you have any thoughts before we go into this mix? I honestly... First off, we're scoring these, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. I just want to (laughs) say I'm shooting for a perfect five. (laughs) I was, I was, it was an interesting mix. Um, (laughs) 
especially I think the last one we talked about just picking a like a you know fifteen minute song and then I listened to it. I'm like, that's a twelve, thirteen minute song. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Did you at one point did you think I just picked five jazz songs? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? But I, overall, like after everything, I mm. did enjoy the closing of it. I feel like it was a good song at the end. Mm. Okay. Kind of put okay. it together. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. we'll, t- we'll touch that later. All right, let's start off with track number one on week one, The Mix. Uh, we've got Went to L.A. by Francis Quinlan. Quinlan. Yeah. Off the album, Likewise. Yeah. Um, so some background information here. So Christine Francis Quinlan, uh, American singer, songwriter, guitarist, painter, best known for leading the indie band Hop Along. Yeah. Uh, Quinlan was raised in Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, She began songwriting as a teenager with her brother, Andrew, who introduced her to female musicians, uh, including Fiona Apple and Lauryn Hill. Uh, Quinlan recorded her first solo album, Freshman Year, under the name Hop Along um, in 2005. Between her freshman and sophomore years, her album, likewise, is the first solo album released under her own name and recorded with bandmate from Hop Along. She also created the album's cover art, and the album was released by Saddle Creek Records January 31st, 2020. Honestly, didn't know it was on Saddle Creek. Yeah. Huh. With the lead single, Rare Thing. Um, so this is a, a, a very, very new song. Yeah, it just came out last year. Yeah. Um, I had never heard of this person before. Had you, RJ? Because I am roommates with Devin. <laughs> He's like, check this artist out. Now, occasionally, it will pop up in my random just push play on Spotify. Yeah. And it comes up, and you know, I knew of the artist because of this. Yeah, I showed it to RJ originally like a while ago because I know he likes girly music like I do. <laughs> like female singer-songwriters. Yeah. So good. Like, yeah. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Like, it's a very specific style that I like. I think RJ likes kind of the same stuff. I think you like a lot of the same stuff, too. Oh, yeah. This um, song in particular, because I didn't listen to any of her other catalog, and I hadn't, okay. I hadn't heard of her before. And Hop Along you hadn't listened to? Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's a very interesting song because it sounds like from late 90s into early 2000s, female mm-hmm. singer-songwriters. Yeah. And so it's a very good representation of that era of music. But coming out now. Last year, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Um, So inside the album, likewise, this track sits at number six. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about midway through a nine-song album she's got. Um, It's three minutes and 56 seconds. Um, Saddle Creek Records. Yeah. Now, for those who are not aware of uh, Mr. Oberst, um, and Saddle Creek Records. Uh, I believe Connor's older brother started Saddle Creek. Um, I think so. Yeah. And they've done, obviously, all of Connor's bands. but Every Bright Eyes album, I'm yeah. pretty sure, was on Saddle Creek. That's kind of the band that solidified them. Right. Um, and uh, I always forget how to pronounce, is it Desaparecidos? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Desaparecidos. That? Yeah. Yeah. That album, I don't know if they have multiple about, albums, but I that one album that I've one. listened to. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, but Saddle Creek, they put out a lot of, like, I guess, alternative country bands, singer-songwriters. 
Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's alternative country, but not alt country. <laughs> like, right. Like alt countries like that Ryan Adams, Uncle Tupelo style. Yeah. But it... That's why I was kind of surprised this one was on Saddle Creek. They do have some other stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the other bands that are on there. I think Owls is on there, which was like a, a side project of this emo band, uh, mm. Captain Jazz. Yeah. And they've had a bunch of other I want to say artists. maybe Cursive was released through them yeah, way back so. in the day. When I was listening to that style of music, like yeah. Bright Eyes, there was a bunch of stuff. I mean, back then... When I was listening to Bright Eyes, when I just found them, that was really the only way you would find new bands yeah. is by looking at the record labels. Like they right. would put little inserts on the CDs, you know, advertising different albums by different bands on that same label. And if you like something by that label, more than likely you'd like one Everything of the other else. bands. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you first got introduced to Death Wish, you're like, okay. Yeah. This yeah. Is- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So. Let's. How did you come to went to L.A. and Francis Quinlan? So I listened to Hop Along first, mm. um, like five or six years ago. I think the album Painted Shut was the first one I started listening to. Uh, I had heard of them because they were touring with this band, Fake Problems, and just kind of like they caught my attention. I like I said, I like the. Problems. Yeah, they're cool too. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be interesting to hear those kind of mm-hmm. bands together. Um, yeah, I uh, started listening to Hop Along and then found out that this girl was coming out with a solo album and checked it out. I think I saw the NPR Tiny Desk concert before, mm. but I found out about it like the day it was coming out and started listening to it that day. And I was like, it's only nine songs, but it's full, like a full album. It's great. Yeah. Like front to back. This one really stuck out because of the range of it. And uh, I kind of like the different song structure that it has. Yes. Compared to a lot of other, uh, a lot of others, normal songs like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, bridge, chorus. Yeah. I think the, the way the melody is structured in the song is what makes it very unique and a good representation of songs from that era. Yeah. Because, like, I don't... Like, I'm a big fan of Jewel. Like, I think Jewel is one of these artists that was, like, ahead of her time or something because the way that she structures her songs... And Alanis Morissette was kind of the same way. The way that they would, like, structure their songs is... It's pop, but it has, like, these weird melodies that, like, when you get into the chorus of this song... You don't expect that to be like the chorus. You maybe expect it to be like the crescendo, yeah, like at the very end, you know. Yeah. Especially with how like she draws out the verses. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd never thought that it it did. It does remind me of a lot of those '90s bands. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a Courtney Love ish mm-hmm. aspect to her voice. Yeah. Her voice is really what gets it. Like honestly, it's I don't raspy, know all the lyrics to the song. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it's just heavy. It's um, I don't know all the lyrics of the song. It's just a. Uh, it feels good. Yeah, you know, even the chords that she plays on the guitar, they're unique. I don't know what they are, but yeah. it's there's something different <laughs> about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, RJ, what would you say is like your takeaway from the song? Like, what do you like about it? 
Uh, I, what, what was the, the the instrument that they used? Like a, it was like a harp or something in, in the background. I absolutely love that because it was like, such an intense mm-hmm. like her voice. Yeah, and then just go, and then you hear this little like dee 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 in the background. I was like, I love how that incorporated it with everything. Um, it was a wonderful beginning track to this mm-hmm. of the mixtape. I, I love this as an introduction yet again. I've heard the song before. Yeah. But that should be worth some points. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great track one. It is. It, it's right. fantastic. I would right. say just, I mean, this is going ahead of everything, but this is probably one of my favorite tracks that's on this mixtape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. It's, it's a good track one, which is surprising that it's track six in her album. So I'm curious to listen to her album and to understand why it's near the middle end. I think it's placed perfectly on the album. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, it is like a mid-album song. Uh, compared to the rest of the stuff that's on there. She has a, a good range of stuff on that, that solo album. And when you listen to Hop Along also, it's a completely different style, but you know it's still her. Yeah. She has a very unique voice, but the music is very different. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great album. Yeah, it's one of my favorite albums of last year. I would say for me, easily the chorus is like my favorite thing about the song yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and even kind of the post chorus um that kind of happens near the end of the song yeah um i had to look up the lyrics to the chorus yeah because i was just like i'm not quite understanding what you're saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but in a good way like sturgill simpson has a quote uh which is like i can't remember it exactly but it's something to the extent of like if you can't understand me when I'm singing, that's a good thing. Hmm. Like he intentionally has the voice that Sturgill Simpson has yeah. to be, because he's like, I don't really want you to hear me clearly. Like, yeah, he makes it more into an instrument, like yeah. putting inflections on things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it unique. Huh? Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have anything negative to say about the song. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great song. No. I didn't, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it does have its, like, the, 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 just the beginning of it, it kind of draws you in. Yeah. And then as soon as you hit the chorus, and especially towards the end of the song, it's just wham, wham, wham. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, track one, we've got a female singer-songwriter, interesting sound, probably not super well-known, right? No. And then we move into track two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was, I just threw this in there. This is just, you know, like feeling it out, you know. I wanted to see what you guys thought. So we go to female singer-songwriter to one of the most well-known modern jazz musicians. Fantastic. <laughs> so we've got um, Askim. I'm, I'm assuming that that's how you right. pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, by Kamasi Washington off the album The Epic. Yeah. Um, so for those who are uninitiated with Kamasi Washington, um, if you want to learn more about him, go find his Marin episode if it's still available. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's, that's, so that's where I was introduced to him. Before the epic came out, um, he was on Marin, or he came out when, or he came on when the album was coming out. I, I can't remember, but I listened to him on Marin, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to get it. And so I have this on vinyl, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like three or four. Yeah, it's like four, yeah. four discs. Yeah. Four finals, yeah. records, whatever you call it. <laughs> it's four circles. Uh, so Kamasi Washington is an American jazz saxophonist, usually playing tenor saxophone. Uh, Washington was born in L.A. He's a graduate of the Academy of Music of Alexander Hamilton High School in L.A. Uh, Kamasi went to UCLA, 
um, where I began playing with some faculty members. Uh, and then since about 2005, he's just been a jazz studio musician for yeah. the most part. Um, and then uh, on... I thought this was interesting before we kind of get into the song and the album. Uh, so June 25th, 2020, so here pretty recently, Ooh. Kamasi Washington, Terrace Martin, Robert Glasper, and Denzel Curry Wonder, um, oh. announced the formation of a supergroup, yeah. Dinner Party. Uh, they released a single called Freeze Tag and under their debut album forthcoming here July 10th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard the uh, Denzel Curry song off that album. Nice. He's a rapper that I love. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard it, look up Denzel Curry's, I think it was on Triple J, his cover of Killing in the Name of the oh, nice. Raging It's a Machine song. Yeah. Best cover I've ever seen. That sounds mm. awesome. Okay, sorry. It's one of the best covers <laughs> I've ever seen. It's amazing. Like, you do not expect that from him. No, yeah. it's Bulls on Parade. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so good. But yeah. he just did the song with Kamasi Washington on that album, which is amazing. So I'm excited for that. I didn't know they were coming out the full length. Yeah, that's pretty cool. exciting. Um, and also, if you do want to know anything else about Kamasi Washington, there's a live performance on Amazon Prime somewhere hmm. that came out last year that is oh, cool. amazing. It's a live performance from a concert, I think at the Apollo, with these like interstitials of him talking about how he got brought up and his relationship with like black culture and Malcolm X and like mm -hmm. his whole relationship with jazz and playing music. Really nice. interesting. Cool. Kind of like semi-documentary about him. I'm not like a live music fan. Like I've never <laughs> been someone who enjoys going to go see live music. Um, there's been a couple of bands that I've enjoyed seeing, but I would rather personally, m mostly because I'm not, I'm like an introvert, so I don't really like crowds and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, but seeing him play, um, I, I haven't done psychedelics, but I'd love to be high yeah. seeing him play in a band because that oh, just yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> that would be an amazing show. Yeah. That would be an experience. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the Epic is the major label debut and overall third studio album. Uh, upon its release, the Epic received positive reviews from music critics um, at Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating out of 100 uh, to reviews from critics. The album received an average score of 83, which indicates universal acclaim based on seven reviews. Now, personally, being critical of jazz is like well outside of my rail yeah <laughs> it's like I, i'm just listening to enjoy it yeah like, in high school i was in jazz bands so like i understand fundamentals mm -hmm. but like when it comes to what he's doing it's like i yeah. can't be critical so i don't know how these critics maybe they're jazz critics i don't know <laughs> i don't yeah i still understand the point of jazz critics because yeah. i feel like everybody interprets it differently and that's what makes it jazz yeah but there's something interesting about guys that do it so well that they're like Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Like he's universally liked, especially in the jazz world, but right. in most music, like I don't know about this song for you guys, but this song has, it's got so many elements to it. Mm -hmm. I think there's like 20 people total playing on the song, different instruments. I think there's some vocals, like background vocals. Like there's a lot going on in the songs. So there's kind of something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it looks like there's like 13 people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
which just sounds just wild to see 13 people on stage. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would look like. <laughs> it's insane. And also the, some of the best people in modern jazz, like yeah. Cameron Graves, uh, Ronald Bruner Jr., um, the other dude. <laughs> There's another guy. They Thundercat? Played, Thundercat. He plays yeah. a little bit. Uh, does he play on this song? Um, I don't or, know if he plays on the on album. I, he, knew, he plays on the yeah. album. Yeah. Thundercat is Steven Bruner, which is Ronald Bruner's uh, brother. Oh, I didn't so know that. So Ronald Bruner Jr. is one of the most amazing modern drummers out there right yeah. now. So good. Um, and Thundercat is obviously a ridiculous musician. Yeah. But this whole little group of musicians, like, they grew up uh, playing music together. Young Jazz Giants is like their first band mm-hmm. together. And it's so like beyond their age. I think they recorded it when they were like 19. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but it has that really good documentary that was on Netflix. Um, who's that crazy bass player? Jacko? Yes. Yeah, or Jocko. Jocko. Jocko Pastorius. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And he died so young, too. Yeah. Like, he accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I had never really heard of him before Before I watched that documentary, and I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah. Which, I will all say this right now, the bass sections of this song are my favorite portions. Yeah. The bass with the drums, the whole rhythm section. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so why did you choose a 12 minute and 34 <laughs> second song as your second song to mix? Take up as much time from you guys <laughs> as I could. He had to use the front and the back of this tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just, I, you know, I just wanted to fill up your guys' time, you know. <laughs> um, this song I like, felt was on the best one on the album. Yeah. On. Yeah, best one on most of his albums or EPs. I think it's my favorite. Uh, and I didn't know if you had heard him before. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was really no good introduction to Kamasi Washington because a lot of the songs are so long and prolific. And then the other ones that aren't are like vocal jazz, which is not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. So I was like, if this, like if I'm going to put a Kamasi Washington song on there, it's got to be this one. Mm-hmm. I will say from I haven't listened to the epic in a while, but it's one of the more um, easier songs to like listen to. Yeah, because sometimes like even this song has I think it might be a saxophone section. Yes, it's just like howling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he does it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, RJ? Does Devin force you to listen to this? <laughs> I usually. Real quick, I only usually listen to jazz at home really loud when I'm, like, drinking and cooking. And I usually turn up. Like, that's why I got a sound I'll system. Home and, and it's just like... Max volume. Frying some fish. Drinking so, wine. As said, I, I the whole vocal and jazz thing, I've never been a fan of. Sometimes I'll, like, I'll skip the tracks or whatever. I, I do enjoy... Uh, like the Denzel Curry, just like I like rap over that type of genre music because they can kind of mm-hmm. throw it in with their melodies like, uh, or the beats. Bad, bad, not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like the crazy jazz. That's just it's just 
I can't even like follow the drums where it's just pop, 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 Oh yeah. And it's like, and this is the song. And I love the beginning where it draws you in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, Hey, come with me on a journey. Yeah. Then you hit when the saxophone comes in yeah. and it's just, it just breaks. It, it all hell breaks loose and it, it, it's crazy. And I love it. Then I noticed I'm about like 10 minutes into the song and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it's still going, but it's, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I turned this uh, mix on to listen to it for the first time, I was out on a walk with my son. And I'm like, this is a good song to be walking in <laughs> the summer. Just wait. Just just walking in the summer, just listening to the song. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to like, go on a long walk? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. on an hour and a half long walk, so it was perfect. Oh, how yeah. did I you're running? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I was back home and I listened to the mix a couple of more times, I was just like, Gotta skip this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's jazz is weird because I can listen to it while driving. Yeah, I can listen to it while while working or reading, or like just like you know walking around. But yeah. if I'm like with people listening to jazz, it's weird. If I'm driving, <laughs> listening like to jazz, watching porn with other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it feels like weird. Like it's too personal, yeah. you know. Like if I was with a coworker, like driving around, you no, know, I just put on jazz. Yeah, I'd be like, I need to get out. Like, I'm, what are you gonna are do? You gonna kill me? This is scary. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's an interesting uh, genre of music in that sense where I I don't like blast it on my stereo or anything except yeah. at my house, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of background music a lot of the time, but I don't know. There's some songs that, like some Thelonious Monk songs, just stand out to me. Yeah, like yeah. Any complaints here, RJ? <laughs> Similar to what you're saying when you're going on a walk. Yeah, there are times where I'm just like, all right, this is intense. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened through the mixtape a couple times, and I have skipped this song once or twice. <laughs> Understandable. I have rating is going to be later on, but this would probably be my I said my least favorite song. Nothing against the song. Yeah, fantastic song. Yeah. Great. You know, it's in jazz. You're like, all right, this is this is a good song, but it is an odd choice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to throw a mix out there and just see. Oh, I, just next time. <laughs> you guys just wait. <laughs> it's almost like like you're excited to hear it, but then it's almost like, is Devin fucking with us? Like, <laughs> the song, the second song. <laughs> but this in general, I, I did a little research on this. Uh, he's just 39 years old. And he, he, he he's a great, you know, just saxophonist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just That's 39 the interesting years old, thing to he's me. He's great at it. Like comparing him to like the Charlie Parkers, Miles Davis, John Coltrane's, like the names in jazz. Like, I feel like he's our modern guy in jazz that's going to stand out. Like, people will remember him. He's going to be more of a household name to people that like music. Yeah. Like, he's going to leave an imprint. I mean, the Epic was his first album that he came out with on his own. (laughs) And he's been putting out music ever since. Like, he's got a ton of experience playing music. Like, that's all he does. It just plays music. Hmm. And there's not enough people like that in the music industry anymore. Like, yeah. he just jams. He just goes and jams with people. It's his entire life is playing music. It's not signing contracts and trying to find, 
you know, a new band to play with or anything. It's just playing music. Yeah, right. Um, but I feel like he's going to, like, we're witnessing a modern, like, Miles Davis in a way. Yeah, for sure. The last of his kind. That's, yeah. 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 We'll see what happens next for yeah. jazz. But, uh, but for those who want super white people jazz, <laughs> you just watch, like, La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> I love La La Land. <laughs> Uh, or Whiplash. Whiplash is a great movie. Oh, oh fantastic movie. Yeah. Not my kind of jazz. Though. <laughs> no. Not that, I don't like that big band jazz. <laughs> That's my kind of jazz. Really? Yeah. What about like Benny Goodman? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. like when I was in jazz band, like you learn the fundamentals, so you learn that jazz. And then when mm-hmm. it comes to like acid jazz and to jazz rock, that's when you lose me. I'm just like, no, I'm not like interested at this point. So if there's like a bunch of... Uh, crap, what was that one band? There's like a band called like the Thunderbirds or something like that. That's really cool. They're like a huge band. That was from the 60s. Um, but yeah, I like a, a full big band for a jazz band. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right, let's move on to our third song of the mix, Hold Out Your Hand by Brandy Carlisle off the album By The Way I Forgive You. So you've got someone who's unknown, well, not not unknown. Someone who is lesser yeah, known. Pretty unknown, yeah. Right? And then you've got Kamasi Washington, which is like, if you're a music head, like yeah. you probably know who he is, right? Yeah. And then you've got a multiple Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter. I saw so, this and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> best album of the year last year in the Grammys. Yeah. Like a legit, yeah. if you're into like country singer songwriting mm-hmm. um because that's uh, she she's worked in multiple genres but like that's i would say for in 2020 the most well known for like manufacturing songs is probably uh tennessee when you go to nashville i have oh, two yeah. friends that live in nashville it's like the singer songwriter the people who manufacture songs for other people it's like that's what they do there yeah yeah, yeah. and so she is probably like the most well known person on this mix, I would say. Uh, yeah. 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 I was honestly surprised that she was up for album of the year last year. Yeah. In the, in the Grammys. Yeah. Um, as of 2020, Carlisle has released six studio albums and earned 11 Grammy award nominations, including one for the Firewatcher's daughter and six for, by the way, I forgive you and three for her work as producer and songwriter on Tanya Tucker's 2019 album, While I'm Living. Uh, she was the most nominated woman in the 61st annual Grammy Awards, including nominations for Album of the Year, um, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year. Carlisle formed uh, an all-female quartet with Amanda Shires, Maureen Morris, and Natalie Hemby, called the high woman yeah high women yeah yeah uh so she's from washington which i did not know and it's surprising to me for some reason Mm. um i see that though yeah uh but uh by the way i forgive you is like i said her sixth album it came out february 16th 2018 uh the joke was released as the album single the album was co-produced by Dave Cobb and Shooter Jennings. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Shooter Jennings, but I'm a big fan of his dad. Yeah. Um, uh, the album art was our original painting by Scott Avett, which I knew that Scott Avett, like, 
um, from the Yvette Brothers fame. Oh, I knew that he was a painter. Right. Um, and I had seen some of his paintings before, but I didn't know he had done this. That's um, why it looks like the Avert Brothers cover. Yeah. For uh, I Am Loving You. Right. Yeah. Um, and the album won a Grammy Award Best American Album of 2019. Now we're... Uh, I, the Avette Brothers and the Avette Brothers are... <laughs> One of the most annoying things, because you'll hear it, uh, yeah, both ways of like Avit, Avit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think Avit is what they said in the documentary. <laughs> I still say Avit, but I swear I've heard them say, "Were they yeah. Avit brothers?" I don't think they know. <laughs> yeah, I think all each one of the brothers has a different way to say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that super good documentary on them. From yeah, a the Judd Apatow one. Yeah, didn't know that he was married to Deb from Dexter. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> That was a, a twist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Preface something. Like, let us know that that's going to happen. Weird. Uh, Metacritic assigned the album an average 81 out of 100, which is pretty good. Um, let's see. This song, um, Hold Out Your Hand, is track three, coming in at four minutes and 22 seconds. So, why this song, Devin? This one was my favorite one on that album. Okay. Um, I liked the structure of it when I first heard it. Like, started listening to the album when I heard something on NPR about it. And then when that song came around, I was like, there's, like, it's got a cool flow to it. And then it gets, like, really heavy at one part, mm-hmm. slows down, speeds up. I like the cadence to it. And uh, I like it. I really like the lyrics to this song too. I actually like could hear them for the most part. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good songs on that album. Yeah, I haven't that listened whole to it. Album as a whole just flows really well. Mm-hmm. Like it's got everything that a good album should have. And I was really surprised that it was nominated for album of the year out of like for the Grammys, which isn't known for. For artists like this, yeah, really, like it's not like Rihanna or Beyonce. I was really surprised, but yeah, she won a lot of awards for it last year. Yeah, this like, is the song so. where like I have I've heard of her before, but mm-hmm. I've never dived deep into her. Yeah, and hearing this song on this mix is the song where I'm like, I'm going to dive deep on this album. Honestly, this one was the hardest one for me to pick. It's my favorite song from that album. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't even necessarily know if it's my favorite song, but I feel like it's the best song to throw out to people to hook them in. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly what you're saying. Like, you heard this song, you're like, I want to hear the rest of the album. Yeah. The rest of the album is perfectly representative of this song also. Like, it, they're all very similar, but it's such a good album. Yeah. It was hard for me to pick one song from that album to put on there. But you knew you wanted to have her on this mix? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know why. But I have I have a whole list of like like artists and songs that I wanted to put on a mix. Mm-hmm. And that one I had I think I had like five songs on my my large playlist yeah. to narrow down to five from just Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> so I was like, okay, awesome. I gotta put one of these on there. Uh, RJ, what's your relationship with the song? So besides having all the nominations and everything for Grammys, go with me here. Let's go. Mumford and Sons vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Like, it, it's the, the beginning of it, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, it just needs a bass drum. Then all of a sudden, boom, boom, 
boom, yeah. boom. I'm like, oh, there, there's the bass drum. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the female version of Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing against them. Yeah. I, I don't hate the band. So I was like, okay, I like this. But it is a good, as you were saying, Mike, it's like an anthem. It's like, come on, listen to the rest of the album. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. Um, it, was, it was a fun song. Uh, yeah. For, so that's interesting because I'm not a Mumford and Sons fan I'm at not- all. I'm not at either, all. but okay, so I am like a little bit in the sense that when that first album came out, yeah. it caught my attention. I don't think I owned it. Same thing. I was like, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciated it for being new mm-hmm. and that was about it, but it caught my attention. But at the same time, I see where the Mumford and Sons similarities come from. I just got annoyed with Mumford and Sons after a while because they were coming out with the same shit. Yeah. Um, Same with the Avet Brothers or the Avet Brothers. Like yeah. I've I've tried so hard to try to get into them, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not interested. Which albums have you heard? I I don't know. Okay, <laughs> maybe there's maybe two, maybe three that I I had I had downloaded, and I was like going through songs on Spotify. I've tried to gone through songs. Okay. And a lot of it came from after that documentary because before that documentary, I'd heard some songs that I liked. Mm-hmm. Saw the documentary, I was like, "Man, I really like these guys." Yeah, <laughs> that I saw the documentary and I loved the album, or I love, sorry, I loved the documentary. I loved the guys, yeah. but that album I do not like. Yeah, like, I didn't like the album that they had before that. I don't like their newest album. Mm. Their old stuff, Four Thieves Gone, mm-hmm. is fucking sick. Yeah, that th- album's great. Um, country was was like an EP, and the Gleam Part One and Two, and Emotionalism mm-hmm. are the albums. Like, yeah, there are so many standout songs on those. Uh, there are some songs that slow down a little bit, but they have a good overall uh, flow for the albums themselves. So I would recommend listening to those albums like front to back. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have time for that, I got some songs off of those that I can tell you to listen to yeah i think it's for for them anyways which is completely different for this song like for them when they sing i don't feel emotional like i don't a lot of the stuff that i've heard from them like i don't necessarily believe not that they're lying but like Mm -hmm. i just i don't feel anything from it where this song like i had to dive into the lyrics of this song because this song is um if you're uh, a religious going person yeah. Um, it's about something. Oh well, it comes off as something. There's something called the millennium for religious folk who are Christians, who like after revelations happens and uh, there's going to be this time where people have a, a period where like everything's perfect and great, right? And is that so, what Will Smith's millennium is about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish. That's a different. Uh, but like in the lyrics of the song like it's all about it's very uplifting coming together and living in a time where we don't have to be shitty to each other yeah yeah which you know is a theme that has been going on for the longest time but i felt like especially now with everything that everybody's going through it has a more interesting connotation to it yeah it could have come out last week you know well, and she's really involved with a lot of LGBTQ stuff, yeah, um, which is pretty interesting. And with the song, you see it too, where it's just like, yeah, we don't need to be assholes to each other because yeah. of our differences. Like we can kind of work together. Uh, my favorite line in the song is, "There will be color and language, and nobody wanting to fight." What a glorious sight! Cool. Yeah, that's like the end part. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, any complaints here, RJ? 
he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what about like, I mean, so I will say this has a rough placement in the playlist after. It's number three Kamasi on her Washington. album. Washington. Yeah, yeah. It's number three on her album and number three on your okay, mix. But so. after a 12 minute. <laughs> There's no good modern song. Modern jazz song. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. What could I have put? So, okay. So you had the second song, uh-huh. the jazz song with a lot of. Just, you know, jazz. Yeah, yeah. And you go to this one, I feel like there's a little more structure, so you brought us back. Okay. Into it, the mixtape. Yeah. It's so, like we were driving down a road, uh, and then someone took the wheel and said, we're going this way. It's a lot how my mind works. <laughs> and then suddenly we're back yeah. on the road. <laughs> now we're all singing, bah, bah, bah. You're just explaining my brain right now. <laughs> I get why I made this playlist. All right. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a great song. Uh, I think it works in the mix because uh, nothing else will really come after that i mean i feel it adds to the week one vibe yeah i mean nicely when you consider the title of my playlist yeah and <laughs> <just> <laughs> hear this song you're like okay i get it, I get it. It's a powerful <laughs> statement it's bold but yeah powerful nonetheless yeah i've got no complaints on it all right it's a good song all right yeah had you heard it before uh no i haven't really heard i've heard of her but I have not really dived into her things before. And RJ, have you heard it before? So I know I play you a lot of stuff. So I did play it for you? Yeah, okay. I've heard that one from you. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't sound happy. But right. <laughs> Sorry. Give me Shit. something new. <laughs> I have spoken. I'm going to stop playing music for you, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're moving into track number four. Stay Useless by Cloud Nothings on the album Attack on Memory. Uh, Cloud Nothings is an American indie rock band from yeah. Cleveland, Ohio, founded by singer-songwriter Dylan Baldy. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you talked about them on our... Did you... Yeah. Okay. They're one of the bands that I discovered on accident when I was at like a... I was in a music rut. Mm. And this album came out and I just kind of happened upon it. And like renewed my faith in music. Nice. Yeah, it's one of like one of the top albums I keep going back to. Uh, the this is the band's third album. Um, it was released January 2012. Recorded with producer engineer Steve Albini um, at Electrical Audio. Are you guys familiar with this dude? Mm-hmm. He's a the I've heard of him before because I've heard of him on stuff that I like. He's Rick Rubin esque in the yeah, fact exactly. that he's like all over the place. Yeah. And he uh there's a Foo Fighters documentary that was on HBO that uh, I it, I'm not a Foo Fighters Foo Fighters fan, but I thought the concept of the documentary was super interesting where they were going to different major studios across the country and creating and recording a song out of that studio. And so they go to Steve Albini's studio in Chicago and they create a song and record it there. And then they also go through kind of the history of him and the history of music in Chicago. And Hmm. they like travel throughout the country. So if you're interested to know more about him, um, check out that documentary. It's pretty cool. Is he from Chicago? Uh, No. Uh -uh. Okay. Uh, I want to say he's from the Midwest still, but not from Chicago. He might be from Illinois still, but... So I feel like he did some Midwest emo albums, like American Football or something. Something, yeah. Uh, yeah he was involved in one of those scenes of music somehow. Yeah, and I sure. think that's how I heard about him originally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but he, I think he also did like a Pearl Jam album or something. <laughs> like yeah, he worked with Nirvana. Okay. Um, yeah, so 
uh, he was he. That's how he got his like. I think that might have been like his first big band he worked with was Nirvana. Okay. Uh, but he's also worked with like Cheap Trick, like a, a yeah. ton of people all over the place. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. It was the first outing to feature the live lineup and the first album of 2012 to receive Best New Music, uh, according to Pitchfork. Um, let's see. So Dylan Baldy saw Albini as someone who made bands sound like they're playing a live show. And he wanted the album to sound like us playing, which is pretty, I, I would say that's very, I've only heard the song from them, but okay. it's very accurate on the song. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, as far as the album goes, that's interesting. I hadn't read that yeah. before. Um, the album definitely has a feel to it. And then when they came out with their second album, there was something a lot different about it. It, it, There's some energy that they captured with that first one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they recorded it live. Maybe. He has like a really weird way of, not a weird way of recording, but it's a very old building. And it's like not set up as like a like a newer professional studio. Hmm. Like it's set up like an older studio. Okay. Kind of like how they would re- have to record things back in the day, like live with all of them playing it, because they a lot of bands wouldn't record separately. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because they were recording the tapes. So yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah, I wonder if they did it live. Then there's a few albums that I remember hearing being recorded live, and there's definitely a different feel to it, a different energy. Yeah. And that album, yeah, probably. Probably did it live. Uh, I thought this was funny. So Albini had a hands-off approach uh, to recording the album over the four days that they were with him. Uh, Dylan Baldy claimed that Albini spent much of the recording time playing Scrabble and blogging, and that Albini never made any suggestions to the band. (laughs) And then Albini elaborated to Baldy's claim, uh, saying that he would read dry, uninteresting stuff to prevent him from interfering with the recording process when unnecessary while at the same time being able to stop what he's doing when he hears something obtrusive. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what does he mean by dry, uninteresting stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like the dictionary? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had not heard of this band before you had mentioned them the other day. Okay. Yeah, so this is my basically my first introduction to the band. Okay. Um... I'm trying. They have a sound that is before 2012. Yeah, uh, you know that like weird when like the Strokes were like a rock band. Yes, that era. The Vines. Yes, that's the first. It's the the bands. Yes, yeah. exactly. And this song, I don't know about the rest of the songs. This song sounds like it comes from those years. Does that make yeah. sense? Which is like at least seven ish years before this. Yeah. It's a weird time in the 2000s. Yeah. Like yeah. it's um, Chuck Klosterman kind of talks about like he, like the music industry was very excited because they thought that like New York rock bands were going to be a thing again. <laughs> and then it like fizzled out, unfortunately. Because <laughs> huh. like, I like the strokes. I think they had some good songs. Yeah. But I like that style. I never actually liked them or the vines or black rebel motorcycle club i love black rebel motorcycle i never got into them i wanted to yeah i liked the fratellis which i don't know if that's even part of that sounds like a pizza place (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like i don't know how to describe it i don't even know if it's similar to that style of music but 
It's like the poppier version of that. Mm, mm-hmm. There's something about those bands I can never get on board with, and I don't know why. Yeah, the the Strokes I enjoy because they make they made some really good pop songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, I like. I just like Howl. Their other album that I heard, I thought was trash, hmm. and so like I really liked Howl. But I also heard that album when I was really enjoying Sons of Anarchy. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have to listen to that one though. I might have listened to the bad album by them. Maybe like Howl. I think was it might be their first album, but it's I like it. It's pretty good. But it definitely it's like. Gaslight Anthem, where it's like it's very distinct to like they're trying to do a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song uh, comes in on the album. Let's see. It is Three? number four. Four. At two minutes and 46 seconds, a crisp yeah. 246. <laughs> it was between this song and uh, another song called Fall In mm-hmm. that had strong Green Day vibes, like early Green Day vibes to it, but it's not Green Day. Like, mm-hmm. you got to listen to it. That it, Those two songs were my top songs on this album. This is another album that all together flows really well. Yeah. Yeah. If either of you guys put Green Day on one of your mixes, <laughs> I'm going to give it a zero. <laughs> even, even from Kerplone? Challenge accepted. <laughs> Like, I'm just not a Green Day fan. Even, I, like, Dookie era? I have an emotional attachment to Time yeah. of Your Life. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, it's it's not to make, like, the podcast super depressing, but when I found out my brother died, the song came on, like, minutes later. So it's, like, it's important to me because of that. I thought you were going to say eighth grade graduation, so that's much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I never understood Green Day. Even like the Dookie album. Never Insomniac. understood. No. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I was listening to rap when that album came out. Okay. So like I was just like, the <laughs> 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 do rag. Yeah. What is this shit? <laughs> dookie. <laughs> we don't mess with no Dookie. I mean, honestly, with my pop punk interest with music, they are on there. Their newer stuff I don't like. Mm-hmm. But Green Day? Yeah. yeah sure. Dookie, if it's on, I'll be like, all right, cool, whatever. But yeah. I won't I won't go out of my way to change it or anything like that. Because it's like I've heard all those songs millions of times. I do have a weird interest with the album Warning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a total switch from them. And then of course they did like the what is it, American Idiot after that. Yeah, yeah. And that was a whole mess. That was yeah. weird. It's just shit ever since then. But I, I would probably still listen to Dookie and be like, "This shit is sick." Like I would probably still love it if it came out today. Yeah, I think I might love it. If you group for me, Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day, Rancid, No Effects, like if you just group those together, yeah, I'm just like get none of them. Get the, get oh, okay. Because that's how I feel about Blink One Eighty Two. I never. I just never. Got what into about it. The Offspring? Yeah, you could throw them in that pile too. Ugh. Stretch Armstrong throwing that pile, Ugh. like just those like it's no effects, no effects. Yeah, throw in that pile. Um, it's I don't know if it's a if it's an East Coast West Coast thing for pop punk, but I only like East Coast pop punk bands. Okay, like New Jersey, New York, Staten Island pop punk bands. Movie life and exactly saves the day. Like those yeah. are the bands. Brand New's first album. Yeah, like. 
those are the pop punk bands there's, that there's I like. There's a style. Exactly, yeah. yeah. For sure. It's true. I never realized it was like East Coast versus West Coast, but that is... Yeah, it's more depressing over there yeah. where like it's kind of light and fun. Uh, it's it's more punk influenced than like hardcore influenced, I would say, on the, the East Coast to West Coast. To bring it back to Cloud Nothings, what happened in the Midwest? Because the Midwest had this big emo explosion in the early 90s. The you snow? Know, jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> windy shitty weather <laughs> it's a mixture of everything yeah yeah, I don't yeah know. it's always sunny on the west coast and everybody's always happy and playing a happy shitty song well cleveland's weird because they have like the rock and roll music hall of fame there so like yeah cleveland and detroit like those are weird because like they're like they were big cities and mm-hmm. stuff happened yeah but i don't know um yeah i do you have a favorite thing about the song rj had you heard this song before? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to stop playing music for you. This song in general would be a song that I would like to see live. Yeah. It's so much energy and just ready, go. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I would have a lot of fun just kind of seeing that being performed. It did have a Strokes kind of vibe to it and just any of that type of era music but overall um it was probably one of my favorites on the mixtapes just the energy behind it yeah. side note this is all you know inside baseball stuff but it reminded me of dustin's drumming oh i didn't see that really nope. no <laughs> he, like with the poppy like when he played when we played like milwaukee stuff uh no all right dustin i don't know if i don't he just has I have a Dustin idea in my head for his <laughs> drumming because I've played so much music yeah. with him that it's just like, it's just Dustin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, least favorite thing about the song for me, um, not really anything to complain about, but honestly, it's like, it's listening to it. It's, it's nothing against the song. It just comes off like I can... Like it, like the Strokes, where it's like, I can forget this, and then maybe it'll come back in my life five years later. I'm like, okay. oh, this is a good song, and then I'll probably forget it. And then right. like, it'll come back in my life, oh, this is a good song. <laughs> so, the energy of the song, I liked it. Would I like the whole album? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm questioning, because if everyone's like, oh. all right, same thing, same thing, same thing, and yeah. then you get to the end, you're like, all right, now they threw an acoustic track like called Time of Your Life or something. <laughs> I wish, like, for when we make these playlists, like, we could pick one album out, like, one one of the bands, yeah. and pick one album and be like, you guys have to listen to this whole album. Mm-hmm. Because that one, they're all good albums, but that one <laughs> is really cool. Yeah, it's got a, It's got, like, a... It's got like an eight-minute instrumental track, <laughs> which I like. That's next week. <laughs> which I wouldn't put on a playlist. <laughs> but yeah, really good album. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say on this one? Um, yeah, I think that's it for that song. I was wondering what you guys would think about the guy's voice on on Cloud Nothings. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's yeah. a, he's not like a singer. Yeah, exactly. He's a guitar he's, player who's singing. I can see if somebody said that they didn't like his voice and that's why they didn't like the band, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. It's nasally. Yeah. It's like, like his voice on its own, not great. Yeah. But with the music, I think it works. Yeah. It blends. And side note, they did a, um, 
a cover of Clocks by Coldplay. Okay. Um, Speaking my language. That you need to see AV Club Undercover, uh, where they played it on a keyboard that played cat noises. <laughs> okay. And he lost they me. had fog machines and strobe lights. <laughs> and it's a pretty cool cover. I think everybody should check out. Okay. <laughs> I think you showed me that one. It's so, it's so funny. All right, so track number five to uh, round out this mix, uh, Highland Grace by His Golden Messenger on the album Heart Like a Leave. Um, His Golden Messenger is an American folk music band originating from Durham, North Carolina, led by MC Taylor. Um, let's see, the band was formed around 2007. Uh, Heart Like a Leave is the seventh studio album. Um and it was released October 7th, 2016, under Merge Records. I think it's Heart Like a Levy. Oh, if I remember. Heart Like Heart. Leaves. What was I saying? Heart, this, uh, th- yeah. Heart saying Like a like Leaf. Like yeah, like it's for sure okay. Levy. Levy. I'm just okay. not reading properly. Like, man, I haven't heard this <laughs> album. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Heart Like a Levy. Uh, that goes to typos for me. Um, let's see. Heart Like a Levy was... It's like House of Leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Let's just talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was met with universal acclaim. Uh, let's see. Metacritic critic gave it an 81 out of 100 on 12 reviews. Um, Highland Grace, this is track number 11. So it is. So your track number three is track number three. Your track number four is track number four. Ooh, no shit. Your last track is the last track. Uh, Damn. Uh, Heart Like Levy. I honestly didn't know that about this song. It sounds like a last track. It does sound like a last yeah. track. I think it's appropriate for you yeah. to round out your mix. Okay. Um, yeah, it comes in at 5 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, there's a bunch of people in this band, like a lot. Um, yeah, it's a whole so. production with these guys. Yeah. I don't know too much about them. I don't listen to a lot of their music, but this song <laughs> like stuck out for me. This is like when I listen to bands, I usually listen to albums, and yeah. I know the whole album. And oh, I've heard the okay. whole album. This I listen band, to singles. You do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I could never do that. Hmm. Like if I listen to a single that I really like, yeah. like there's a band, it's a band that has a single that I really like. Uh, uh, I think it's called Co Wetzel. Is the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a song called Austin that's really cool. I listened to an album by them and I do not like it. <laughs> and I listened to another album by them and I do not like that one. So I stopped listening to that single yeah. as a result. Because when I hear a good song, I want to hear more by that band. And if I can't, mm-hmm. then fuck that song. <laughs> so this one, I don't listen to this band. Uh, I don't know if I've heard this whole album all the way through. This song kind of presented itself through like autoplay or on a TV show or something. Hmm. I saw it somewhere out in the wild. And this song just always, this is one of the singles that I listen to. Yeah. RJ, would you put this in the Mumford and Sons category? No. Um, no. Oh, interesting. Oh, I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. When I feel like I, I, I hear a Mumford and Sons song, I hear, I, I think the bass drum. <laughs> it's a banjo and a, as long as it's got a bass drum and a banjo it has to be them they just change singers they don't have a banjo in this song possibly <laughs> but Mumford and Sons I would say if I could picture the guy wearing overalls it's a Mumford and Sons band yeah I could sure. picture this dude wearing overalls okay. <laughs> Mike you're gonna hate me for the way that I describe this but I feel like it's a 
How did I just say this? It's Blink-182 and the Offspring <laughs> together. <laughs> had a baby. Like, no effects of rancid. I described it this morning as a laid-back country versus, uh, meets the Beatles. Okay. Whoa. I know what you're saying. And I was like, yes. that's what I feel. That's okay. what I feel listening to this. I know is what that, you're saying. Is that a correct reaction, Mike? You're a Beatles expert. <laughs> okay. So what you're, refer- I, if I can understand from what you're referring to, are you, is what comes off as the Beatles a tone to his voice? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so John Lennon, uh, especially early in his career in the Beatles, yeah, if you go to like an album like Rubber Soul, which that album started changing things. Uh, you have he, he. That's when the Beatles got introduced to Bob Dylan, and so Bob Dylan kind of influenced a little bit of their songwriting when it came to Rubber Soul. And I would say this guy is doing a great impression of Bob Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's this nasally. I'm not going to pronounce things Smack properly at all. Yeah. Yeah. And John Lennon did that a little bit and early earlier in his career and then he kind of like became a little bit less uh, nasally and got a little bit more raspy in his voice. Um so I could totally that's what I thought. I was like, "Oh, this guy's just doing like a interesting Bob Dylan impression." Hmm. Um with the way that he's especially uh pronouncing some of the words near the end. I know just said. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they said their influences were the Beatles, the Birds, and Buffalo Springfield. Oh, okay. I can see Buffalo Springfield. Ooh, I want to listen to more Buffalo Springfield. I know that song. Yeah. And I don't think I've listened to anything else. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I would like them. Um, I like their name. Any complaints about this song, RJ? I know. Okay, we're on complaints. But from (laughs) from the previous song. Okay. I I, I yeah. enjoy the this is the end. Okay. And it slowed things down and I loved it the way that it came together. As far as complaints, I don't think I have any. I I, I think it was a nice end to the mixtape. Had you heard this song before? I haven't. Me neither. I've never heard it. I, I've heard of this band. Or that I forgot about it. I got a twofer. <laughs> I think I maybe saw an image of the band and I was like, not for me. <laughs> yeah, it's got the, it's the standard cover of like yeah. a kid or a, a yeah. man. Yeah, it's the Brandy Carlisle cover or the Ava Brothers cover. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just the name of the band. I was like, I don't know if I've seen this, yeah, this one before. Too pretentious. Something new. This name. <laughs> you know what? I might have heard the band on. <laughs> so you think you could dance? Oh, and uh, I love I, that show. My wife have seen. Yes. We've seen. So my wife and I, we've been together for like 12 years now. It's another podcast. And yeah, I could. I could. I was not into dance. And we've been watching that show for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe season like eight. It's I, like I our was on favorite like season. Season. Uh, season eight with uh, Melanie and Marco. Melanie is saw. fucking great. So great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you understand okay. now? Okay, so hold this on. This show hold on. is so, it's so fucking good. good. So good. And they've it's changed formats off. over the years, and it's fine. It's not the, the kids worst. One, the kids one was weird. <laughs> I didn't watch the kids one. Yeah. But, so this uh, is what I walk into. I come home from work. <laughs> And it's this loud, loud jazz. So you think you're in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, 
once food's done being made and Devin's had a couple of drinks, he'll sit down and all of a sudden the TV will be like, so you think you can dance? <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is what we're watching tonight. <laughs> Nigel, bro? Dude, oh, Nigel? <laughs> He's the best. When he tries oh, to Nigel. do hip hop moves and like slang, it's like, what do you Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife, she, she was a dancer and so she introduced me to the show when we were like very early in our relationship. Same thing and with like, Devin? Yeah, my ex-girlfriend introduced me to it and I was like I'm gonna watch this bullshit <laughs> like, this or say yes to the dress I was yeah. like so you think you could dance like I am adamantly anti these shows yeah me except too except for this show yeah. <laughs> like it's something special yeah no it's so emotional <laughs> yeah. so emotional fucking like, twitch bro oh twitch sick <laughs> what did you see the season with Cyrus oh yeah oh it was I'm, great oh yeah the dra- what are they? Something what dragons? Dragon House. Dragon House. I wonder yeah. what they're up to. Yeah. I don't know. I just wonder these things. <laughs> what is Dragon House up to? <laughs> Anyways, it's one of those emotional contemporary <laughs> dance songs. Yeah. Like not this song necessarily. Dude, remember Sonia? Oh, the choreographer. Yeah, she just disappeared on the yeah. newer ones. She was so good. She was the best. You know Sonia. <laughs> She had the best contemporary, <laughs> right? like she what she did contemporary or jazz. Uh, it was both. Both I mean, yeah. contemporary jazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I don't know the difference. She just has really, really weird movements in her yeah. songs. Yeah, oh. or her numbers. Not yeah, songs, but. Um, but back to this song. Yeah. So the music. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this band had a song, and I don't know which one it was, but they've been around the circle of. Like bands that I listen to, right? And uh, this song just yeah, it kind of popped up. They had to have had one on there or something, or it's on some TV show. Like they have some more radio friendly songs, yeah, yeah, like a Mumford and Sons. Yeah, it was, it'd be on like Bones or something. <laughs> like a Remember we went through Bones. Bones has a great soundtrack. Yeah, no, a lot of those TV shows <laughs> have great songs on them. Hey, Scrub started it. Yeah, yeah Scrub but started that. Lost played Damien Rice out right, of nowhere yeah, yeah. once. Like, Damien Rice. That was a good episode. I love Damien Rice. He'll Me for sure too. be on one of my mixes. Just so oh know. my god. Yeah, I'm just you gonna put the Blower's Daughter on there, and that's like eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, put the whole album on there. <laughs> just oh, just all of them. I listened to that recently. Like, I love that. Album. If you do that, I'm putting Green Day. <laughs> I'm Alice Dookie too. <laughs> I think yeah, they Devin, have this like is a, a win-win. Yeah, this is great for me. <laughs> Doesn't it have like an American Idiot song that's like probably twelve minutes? Because they're trying to go a probably. new way. Wait, yeah. yeah, when September ends, it's like, a, it's like a, they made a fucking rock opera out of American Idiot. Yeah, there's at least a twelve minute song. Yeah, is that a concept album? Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, it's about a hero so returning from them. war. <laughs> trust them. Um. Yeah, that probably okay. Yeah, I'm on your same page. Concept albums suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> You'll see my playlist. Oh. <laughs> I hope you make a mix that's a concept album that you write a backstory <laughs> for. <laughs> you have contemporary dance routines. <laughs> we'll do a live stream of that yeah. one. We'll have the cameras. <laughs> you already filmed it. You filmed a short <laughs> film to go with your playlist. <laughs> Like that's what I've been doing. Yeah, uh, I would say this song for me. Um, I listened to it multiple times, and I was like, "This song reminds me of another song." Instantly, as soon yeah. as I heard it, I was like, "It reminds me of another song." And then this, maybe the second time I heard it, I was like, "I know what song it is." 
And it even, I'm positive he patterned this song because when you, when I say the song, it's you can't unhear it once you listen to the song. So there's a song called Easy made by the Commodores that's made, that was written by Lionel Richie. Easy like Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And it is so close. Like he had to have patterned some of this song. Off of, yes, exactly. Like trailing into the melodies. Yep. And he even, in his last two um, like lines of the song, he says, easy and easiest. I'm like, motherfucker, are you playing with me right here? <laughs> yeah. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that's probably my least favorite thing about the song is the way he pronounces words. I'm just like, I'm a Bob yeah. Dylan fan up until a certain point. Then I'm like, I'm not a Bob that. Dylan fan. I did rate this as one of my lower tracks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought this was going to be the highest one for you guys. Nope. Wow. <laughs> it was a nice ending to the mixtape, but I think it's just the way that they, you know, pronunciation yeah. on certain things. And uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Are we ready to rate his mix here? Week oh. one by Devin Wren. All right. Are we going song by song? Uh, let's. I'm going to recap the, the mix as a whole here. So track one... Um, we've got Went to L.A. by Francis Quinlan. Uh, track two, we've got Askeem uh, by Kamasi Washington. Um, track three, we've got Hold Out Your Hand by Brandy Carlisle. Uh, track four, we've got Stay Useless by Cloud Nothings. And to round it off, we've got Highland Grace by His Golden Messenger. Um, I would say for me, uh, the Brandy Carlisle song is my favorite song in the mix. Ooh, Okay. Uh, my least favorite song on the mix is the His Golden Messenger song. Wow. Okay. Over. I assumed Kamasi Washington was going to be the least favorite. It's you can't okay. be but, like in the mix. It's yes. my least favorite. Yes. Yeah. But my least favorite song, song. Yeah. is this. Okay. All right. I agree with that. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. I would say the Cloud Nothing song for me is is fine. Um. Yeah, Brandy Carlisle, but um, like I said, uh, Francis Quinlan, I'm just going to listen to that album. I yeah. just need to. I think you both need to dive in. You, no, you no, no, I, I, would, I, yeah, I like that. The Hop Along is great, too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because I forgot I think, what I was doing, but you're like, check out Hop Along. And I'm like, all right. And then also shut, check out this. <laughs> the song Waitress by Hop Along is the hit. Like, that song goes. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, but between... <laughs> Um, went to LA, uh, the Brandy Carlisle song and the His Golden Messenger song. Those are all songs to me that you can put at number five. Yeah. Like those are all songs that have big choruses and big creative endings yeah. that they can all like round out a mix for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we rate it, thoughts on the mix as a whole, RJ? Thoughts on my whole? I mean, besides, you know. <laughs> Besides the Kamasi Washington one, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it did have a nice intro and outro, I believe. Just kind of like into it and out of it. Um, Does that mean as a whole you appreciated it? I I do appreciate the the, the mixtape. The songs I enjoyed and I think the flow was all right. Uh, yeah. All right. 
so that's interesting because my intention making this, mm-hmm. it was it, this one was kind of random since it's our first one. So my intention making it was to just pick a song by each artist to showcase that artist. Yeah, and also you, you said to that maybe we hadn't heard it before. Now yeah. RJ doesn't count. Yeah, because you make him listen. It's true. <laughs> it, but for me, I have to pull out some weird shit to yeah. be like find songs that RJ hasn't heard that I like. Yeah, for me, for songs, three out of the five songs I'd never listened to before. Okay. The Cloud Nothing song, I swear I've heard before, but I don't know if it's because... There's something about it yeah. that is familiar. And it's I've like, been is it in a movie years. or something? No. Mm. I looked it up on like TV Find or, you know, the yeah. Song Find. Mm-hmm. It's not played anywhere. I've never heard it in anything. It, it could be used for a, a cool movie or something. intro yeah. for a movie, like a title sequence mm-hmm. on a movie would be cool. But there's something similar about it. There's another song they have called Fall In that sounds so similar too. Mm. But I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I yeah. really don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming, are you giving yourself, uh, out of five-star <laughs> rating, are you giving yourself a five? Or six. <laughs> <laughs> so just know that you're setting yourself at a bar here yeah. for your next mix. Yeah. So, no, I'm, you guys go. Okay, I'll go first here. So out of five, out of five stars here because we've got five songs, I'm going to give you a three point eight out of five. Ooh, okay. And the reason is is because the <laughs> Kamasi Washington is unnecessary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it was a three minute song, you would be getting a four point five out of five. Okay. Okay. And then so that takes up. Uh, most of it, and then the point five is for his golden messenger with how he pronounces words. Okay. But the Brandy Carlisle song and the Francis Quinlan songs are so good that it needs to be close to me to that like four star. So I'm three point okay. eight. That's where I'm at. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> RJ. Um, the Francis Quit Qu- the name. Squidward. <laughs> Squidward <laughs> was a fantastic song. I love that one. Brandy Carlisle was a great song. Kamasi Washington, great song, but it, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> the Cloud Nothing's great song. No and then, you know. <laughs> I'm going to put more jazz on there. Uh, overall, I'd give you a three, I don't know, three something. That Because the same thing as, you know, Mike said. Okay, you got to. Put the something in there. I don't there's know a difference between a three point one and a three point eight. <laughs> I enjoyed it. If you put this on, I, I would enjoy it. If it's three point one, I won't be offended. It's okay. I put but a I lot feel of like jazz in there. The jazz is good if I'm listening to jazz. Yeah. <laughs> like if you throw a jazz album, I'm all about it. That's cool. So if the whole mix was jazz, yeah, I would have been like, that's a five out of five. <laughs> oh, I'd be curious to do that. <laughs> because of that, I'd probably give it a. Three point three. Ooh, okay. Right. Because it does throw it off. There's like I, I skipped that song a couple times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially my subs don't like that. <laughs> oh, my they can separate the madness that is Kamasi Washington. Yeah. The rest of the songs, it's like that's fine, and you get your, you know, your bass. But that song is like Boom. I'm like, okay, <laughs> gotta I'm turn you that. down a little bit. When the epic first came out, my wife got so mad at me because I would just listen to it all the time. She's like, I fucking hate every one of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I give a 3.3 because of that song. Um, 
but the rest of it was all right. I enjoyed the mixtape. Yeah. Not the highest praise, but <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. But uh, no, I mean, how about take that song out and we'll just do a four song. I would, we'll do the four song. Looking back on it now, if I I wanted to make or I should have made a cohesive playlist mm-hmm. for it instead of making a sampler. <laughs> But the not even a cohesive sample. Other four oh, yeah, songs yeah. are pretty cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Besides yeah. the cloud, nothing's one. It kind of fits in with yeah. it. If I had another song in the place of that Kamasi Washington, more along the lines of Cloud Nothings to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. I could see it being better. I would have probably put the Cloud Nothings song as number one on this mix. Mm, okay. I probably would have started with it to be like, oh, we're getting into this type of mix. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tone it down. Bring it back up. <laughs> Same energy. Different yeah. vibe. Yeah. So what are you going to give yourself on this mix? As a whole, <laughs> if I were to pick up the sampler for as a freebie from Dimple. You'd buy it. <laughs> I would. No. Honestly, if I were to listen to it, like, Front to back. If I just picked up a random disc yeah. and I hadn't heard these songs before, I'd be like, that's like a 3.5. Yeah. Like, it is somewhere in the middle because it doesn't go very well together. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> if I'm being honest with myself. But the I would say that at least three and a half of the songs go together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I am surprised about the His Gold Messenger song. Mm. Like, I thought that you guys would have liked that song. I don't know why. I don't know why either, but uh, yeah. yeah, it just uh, wasn't for me. wasn't for RJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried. All right, These well. These guys just aren't cultured enough. <laughs> All right, take out the jazz. Make him stop holding his nose so he sounds like this. <laughs> and I probably would have been fine All with right. it. All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, so this was our first episode diving into Devin's mix here. Um, our next episode will be RJ's mix. Ooh, so. Green Day. <laughs> Welcome to Paradise, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, again, uh, for these early episodes, uh, to find us, look in the description of the episode. Um, we'll be, uh, this should be available on all platforms. Um, and again, look for us on Spotify. Uh, we're going to be posting the mixes there so you guys can grab them and listen to them. Let us know what you guys think about the mixes as well. Um, any last thoughts on your mix here, Devin? Mm, no. No. <laughs> I mean, next time, I got I to gotta come up with a good title for it. <laughs> Let's see. I'm curious to see what your guys' titles are going to be. Oh. Because that's tough. Have you figured yours out already? Oh. Yeah, like I started with the title. Right, I'm curious now. I'm curious what that's going to be because that's all, that's hard for me. <laughs> Week two. <laughs> Done. If you steal my fucking idea. It'd be great if you called it week one also. <laughs> but spelled it different. Yeah. Week one. Just put a number one. No, W-E-A-K. Yeah. <laughs> week one. Cool. 